You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Forgiveness can be life-giving or death-dealing, and not forgiving uh, a wrong, especially, um, can be death-dealing or life-giving, too. Loosing can be life-giving and death-dealing, and lastly, binding can be both life-giving or death-dealing. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 464. Our title this week is to loose or bind, to forgive or not forgive. And our reading is from the Gospel of John, John 20, 19 through 31. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the first thing to consider as we read this week's passage is that this is a commission story about the disciples. Mark's gospel originally had no such story where the disciples were commissioned. Remember, the last half of Mark 16 is a much uh, later edition. Matthew's commission story is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go, and remember that was beginning in Galilee, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, Luke and Acts uh, they they have commission stories too. They can be found in Luke 24, 47 through 48, and Acts 1, 8. In uh, Luke, 
Luke's version and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then the Acts version, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So each of these commission stories, they're separate. They're not three different versions of the same story with just minor differences. They are three completely different stories in different settings. Matthews is beginning in Galilee. Luke and Acts is, is beginning in Jerusalem and, and, and actually omits Galilee. Um, but but they're, each one is told for the distinct purpose of the communities for which they're written. Our reading this week is a disciple commissioning story um, that, that, that uh, was told in the Johannine community. And it was before uh, John 21, which is a redundant later edition written by, by other authors. But, but another thing to name about John's narrative is that once again, this gospel takes a an anti-Jewish approach. In our story this week, the disciples are are hiding in fear of the Jewish leaders. And in our current political, especially anti-Semitic climate, our first priority as Jesus followers should be to do no harm to our Jewish friends and neighbors. In other gospels um, like Mark, Matthew, and Luke, the tension is always between in the narrative is always between uh, um uh, different uh, classes uh, within the Jesus's Jewish society. It's not a matter of ethnicity. And and uh, to begin with, in in those gospels, this is a debate within Judaism between different sectors of Jewish society. But again, by the time of of the much later written Gospel of John, there are conflicts that are now characterized uh, um, much more as the early Christian community versus the Jews. And this characterization of of Jewish people in John's gospel specifically has repeatedly inspired Christians to harm the Jewish community throughout history, including during the Holocaust. So every time uh, our sacred writings speak in ways that have harmed people or communities, it's important that that we name, that we repent of, and that we seek to repair that harm. And this responsibility definitely applies to Christians and, and, and their relation to our Jewish neighbors. Many Christians still mislabel and mischaracterize Jewish people today. And, and, and yet the reality that our, our, our Jesus was Jewish and raised within the, the Jewish wisdom tradition is lost on, on many Christians. So, so, so we as Jesus followers, I think we could learn a lot from that Jewish wisdom. We don't have to demonize Jewish people or Jewish wisdom to lift up Jesus today. Jewish people are not our enemy. And in our story this week, again, Jesus breathes uh, the spirit on his disciples. This description, it may seem odd. To us today, I mean, it's a weird description, but it would have been meaningful in the Johannine community, and it became especially meaningful for later Christian Gnostic communities. And out of Jesus's breathing of the Spirit, the disciples gained the ability to loose and to bind, the ability to forgive and not forgive. 
Matthew describes this ability as as being commissioned to the disciples with with some similar language. In in Matthew 16, 19, it says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven with whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In Matthew 18, 18, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This version that we have this week that we can read in, in John's gospel, we can read it either prescriptively or descriptively, and we'll take each of those separately. A prescriptive read means that Jesus is giving the prerogative to forgive some things and not to forgive other things to the church. Historically, especially in the Western Christian tradition, this reading, I think, has placed too much power in the hands of religious authorities. Uh, To put fallible humans in a position where they can claim to administer or withhold divine forgiveness within a religious community, it's come with mixed results. Some have found nourishment in the idea that the church actually does have spiritual authority and can speak into the material world among Christians for justice in a way that helps reorder this world in meaningful and and, and practical ways. But the, 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 the church's binding and loosing capacity, again, it's it's nourishing to them, but this has been abused, too, resulting in, I think, some, some very problematic and destructive consequences. Marginalized communities have been both harmed and helped within church history here. So I think we just need to tread carefully. Religious people of all faiths have a clear moral responsibility and a role to play in shaping our world into a safe home for all. Forgiveness can be life-giving or death-dealing. And not forgiving, uh, a wrong especially, um, can be death-dealing or life-giving too. I think of of restorative justice practices where not forgiving a wrong, but the the practice of having restitution made is more life-giving. Loosing can be life-giving and death-dealing, and lastly, binding can be both life-giving or death-dealing. It's the job of each of us to practice informed wisdom that finds the most life-giving practice or expression of each of these in in whatever situation we find ourselves in. So looking at this phrase descriptively though, that should also give us pause. If Jesus is describing what the what these disciples who who will tell the initial Jesus story what they'll mean for others and why it's so important for them to get the story right, th- then this passage makes more sense for me. But it doesn't feel much better. There, there are Christians today who are still binding and loosing, forgiving and not forgiving. And, and sometimes they represent a God of love in life-giving ways. And at other times, they represent God in, in very death-dealing ways. It's just one example Um, Many Christians still harmfully interpret the handful of passages in the Bible that have been used against LGBTQ people, uh, um, and countless LGBTQ young people have been raised in Christian homes and taught to be ashamed and scared of uh, uh, of what they're encouraged to believe is wrong with them. They, they, they've come to believe that they're sinful or that they're broken, that they have an orientation that is a byproduct of sin, rather than as an example of the beautiful diversity and variation of humanity. And Christians have 
bound these young people with feelings of of inferiority and the and the fear of rejection if they share their truth with 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 even their families and parents too are still being encouraged and even commanded to reject their children simply because of who they are attracted to or to whom they love and whether i like it or not whether i'm comfortable with it or not the power to loose or to bind to make someone feel forgiven or not forgiven accepted or rejected included or marginalized, it is still intrinsically in the hands of every Jesus follower. How we take on the name of Jesus and how we represent Jesus and relate to people around us matters. And it matters whether we're Jesus followers or not, but it matters even more when we are. This should give us pause and inspire us to use gentle care when relating to everyone. We're going to make mistakes for sure, but when we do err, we should be erring on the side of compassion. This week's reading is also a good reminder that all theology has political, economic, and social functions. And as we assess any particular theology, it's helpful to understand the political, economic, and social implications that rise from it. And to also know that all theologies come with underlying biases and motives at work. Some motives are more obvious and others are are less so, but regardless, all theologies are political with with economic implications and and social outcomes. The the last part of this reading is about Thomas. Um, The scholars, uh, well, there's scholarly evidence that points to this story as being a, a later tradition to the text. Thomas's reference to Jesus as God is very unique in the four canonical gospels. No other disciple refers to Jesus as quote unquote God. They'll say the son of God or the Messiah or Lord, but to just come out and say God in no other disciple does that in any of the gospel narratives. So this story, again, it serves to establish here's the, the, the purpose, the political purpose in the early church, it served to establish the authority of Thomas for the Christian communities that grew up around his apostleship. And and that authority, it it would have been important for later Gnostic Christians, too, uh, regarding the the, the reading of the Gospel of Thomas. So so this week, let's take this passage as our guide. And let's choose to uh, relate to others in ways that are liberating, not oppressive, in loosing um, in ways that are, are life-giving, and binding in ways that are life-giving. Let's, let's follow Jesus in whatever way is life-giving for the, the given moment and situation. And remember that, that when we claim to follow Jesus for better or for worse, we will be viewed as representing that Jesus. And we can, in those moments, hold in our hands life or death. So, so let's choose this week to be sources of healing and sources of life and, and justice and inclusion. Heart group application number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, <clears throat> in what ways 
Have you experienced the above authority in our, our, our reading? Uh, have you experienced it being practiced in life-giving ways or in ways that have been destructive? Share both with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily post. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through in, in whatever podcast platform you're using. And if, it, if it's possible, if this is offered, please consider taking some time this week to give us a, a positive review. This helps others find our podcast as well. And also, I want to share with you that, uh, again, we are partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Pastor Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. And we'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking, as in justice, but that our, during our, our, our brief conversation each week, that you'll also be inspired to do more than just talking. If, if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective uh, within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find uh, Just Talking each week on uh, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, and even leave us a comment there. And if you'd like to reach out to us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is now also available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.